0: are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Uh, If you want to turn in your Bibles, to the book of 2 Corinthians. That's where we're going to take our text from here this evening. And I'm going to begin v- reading, sorry, at um, chapter 3, verse 17. The last two verses of that chapter, and then we're going to kind of just continue into chapter 4. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with Open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of God, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And then verse 1 says, Therefore seeing that we have this ministry, we have received mercy, and we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor uh, handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And just very quickly, I want to I just reread verse 1. It says, Therefore, seeing that we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And for the next few moments this evening, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you on the subject, the ministry of mercy. And I do not believe for one second that it's coincidence that the very first two songs we sung about tonight, both reference mercy. I believe that God has ordained this night. And if we could just open ourselves up to him, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you ask God to speak to you? Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your presence that is moving. We thank you, God, for the anointing that is resting in this place that God is stretching out into every home right now. And God, I pray, Lord Jesus, you would open us up, God, to hear your word, mighty God, Let revelation set into our spirits, I pray tonight. God, let there be an impartation, Lord Jesus, from your word that would help us to see things in a new light. And God, we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Everyone said in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. If you are standing, you can be seated. Thank you so much. Psalm chapter 136 is a very powerful chapter in the Old Testament. It only contains 26 verses, but... There's so much truth that's thrown around in just that short period of time and if you would allow me here tonight which you kind of have to because I've got the microphone I can say what I want I'm going to read some of this uh, passage of scripture to you. Verse 1 says, "O oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endureth forever." To Him alone that doeth great wonders, His mercy endureth forever. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endureth forever. And it continues, and it goes on and on from there. 26 times, in 26 verses, the psalmist wrote that His mercy endureth forever. And I find it interesting that the writer writes so frequently and so forcefully to us that God's mercy endures forever. The definition of mercy is to show compassion or forbearance to someone who's made a mistake. And nowhere in history is mercy talked about more than in the Word of God. You pick up your Bible and you begin to read of story after story, person after person, that made mistakes and God was merciful in their lives. And the very first time that the Lord shows mercy is recorded in the very first book of your Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, God has laid everything out in the garden for Adam and Eve, and he says, you can have that, and and you can eat this, and you can partake of that. I want you to name all the animals, and and you're going to live in in solitude with them. Everything is going to be good, but there's, there's one thing in the garden that I want you to have nothing to do with. There's a tree that's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat of its fruits. I don't want you to go near it. Everything else is up for grabs, but But I need you to stay away from that tree. And the serpent shows up in chapter 3. He begins to whisper into the ear of Eve. And we know that she is deceived. And And then Adam enters into disobedience with God following his wife. And by doing that, sin enters the world for the very first time. And in that moment, our great God, he had to make a decision. Are Adam and Eve going to have to die for what they've done? Because we all know that when sin gets involved, something has to die. The law, it was very clear. It wasn't left up for interpretation. And the law said that where sin is, there has to be death. And what they've done, they have to die. And even though the law said that, God's love said, I love them and I don't want them to die. And in that moment, when the law of God and the love of God collided, that's when mercy entered the world for the very first time. God took an innocent animal and he, he shed its blood for the sacrifice to atone for Adam and Eve. And we, we know that in order for there to be remission of sin, there has to be bloodshed. There has to be blood that covers that. And because of God's mercy, Adam and Eve did not have to die for the sins that they committed. But instead, the sacrifice that was given, it covered that. It covered them. And aren't we thankful, so, so thankful for the sacrifice of God tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can read of countless times in Scripture of people who experience God's mercy in their lives. Mercy was so very important to our Lord and Savior. So important, in fact, that when he gave Moses the instruction for the tabernacle, he gave him a very detailed plan, and the most important piece of furniture that was to go into the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. Because there's no point in having a tabernacle. There's no point in having a church if God's presence is not going to be there. And so, and so God tells Moses in Exodus chapter 25, verse 10, he says, they shall make an ark of acacia wood. I'm reading from the ESV. It says, two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its breadth, a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out shall you overlay it and you shall make it a molding of gold around it. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on the four feet. Two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And then jumping down to verse 17, it says, And you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubims of gold. Of hammered work shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. The cherubims, they're, they're the angels that would rest over top. Make one cherubim on one end and one cherub on the other side. Uh, Of one piece of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings over top, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces shall be one to another. Facing towards the mercy seat shall their faces the cherubim's be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give to you. And then verse 22, it says there, I will meet with you and from above the mercy seat... From between the two jerebims that are the ark of the testimony i will speak to you about all that i will give to you in commandment to the people of israel and i wish that we get would get a hold of this tonight and revelation would begin to set into our spirits because god told moses to build an ark of the covenant because that's where the spirit of god was going to dwell in top of that ark i want you to put a lid and you're going to call that lid the mercy seat Above the mercy seat is where the Shekinah glory of God was going to dwell. It was known to the, the, to the people of Israel as the throne of God. And when the blood was sprinkled on that throne, it changed that throne from the judgment seat to the mercy seat. And that's when mercy would be poured out. And, and this is what I want us to get here tonight. This is the point of what I want us to understand. It was instituted by God when He laid out the plan for the tabernacle that wherever the presence of God was... Mercy was going to be there, too. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you cannot separate the presence of God from the mercy of God. There's only one place in the entire existence that you cannot find mercy, and that's in hell. Because that's where God's presence is not. But everywhere else, you can't escape the presence of God. And if you can't get away from the presence of God, then you cannot get away from the mercy of God either. God is everywhere. God's mercy is everywhere, church. I go back to the, the verse of that third song. You told the accusers to, to drop their stones. Well, guess what I'm going to talk about? You know how big our Bible is? And the coincidence that what was planned out as a song over a week ago that took place months ago at another youth emphasis is, is tying right into what we're speaking about tonight? There's no such thing as a coincidence when it comes to God, church. Mercy is everywhere. Just ask the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. See, there was no questioning it. The Bible says that she was caught in the very act. And the people that caught her, they, they grabbed her. They, they, they brought her to Jesus and they threw her at his feet. See, they wanted her to be judged. They wanted her to be punished for the crimes that she had committed. And, and she's been caught in adultery. And you know what that means, Jesus. The law says that, that she's got to die. She's got to pay for what she's due. Pays for what she's done. The Bible says that when the accusers brought her to jesus that, that jesus just knelt down on the ground and he began to draw on the sand with his with his finger and this made the accusers and the and the people in the crowd a little angry they begin to tempt god and they begin to hound him and they begin to say what say you this is what the law says jesus what are you going to do about it and so he stands up and he says in john chapter 8 verse 7 let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her i don't know about you but that seems pretty fair to me If you're going to judge someone else if you're going to put criticism on them you better make sure that you are spotless i agree with you accusers that she broke the law and so whoever among you has never once broken the law in your life you be the first to punish her you'll be the first to cast out judgment punishment the problem was that there wasn't a single accuser among them that was without sin in their life not a single one of them had a right to throw a stone at this lady and it's almost funny because they were so quick to pass judgment on this lady they were so quick to to sentence her and to want to punish her that they never even took two seconds to look at themselves in the mirror and begin to examine and realize that they were in no way perfect themselves And we've heard this story before. This isn't news to us tonight. This is not something that is revelationary, setting in like, oh my goodness. This is something we've heard. But it's been said that every person there had sin in their lives, and so no one had the right to throw that first stone. But that's actually not true. Because even though the accusers had sin in their life, Jesus was there too. Jesus was perfect. Jesus had no shame. Jesus had never broken the law and Jesus had the right and Jesus had the permission by the law that was given to sentence and to punish this woman and in John chapter 8 verse 8 it says once more he bent down Jesus writing on the ground and when they heard it the accusers they went up and said to her woman where are they has no one condemned you and she said no one Lord and Jesus said neither do I condemn you go from now on and sin no more and what we need to understand tonight about mercy is that mercy does not condone sin. But mercy also does not condemn the sinner. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if you find yourself in a trap right now, the enemy has in some way ensnared you. You've got sin in your life, young people. Something you've been dealing with for a long time. Mom and dad don't know about it. Youth pastor doesn't know about it. Your friends at church, they don't know about it. You've been very good at keeping it hidden. You've done a very good job at keeping it quiet. And you've tried to get past it yourself. You've tried to overcome. This is not something that you want to be a part of who you are, but you just can't seem to shake it. You can't find the answer on on how to get rid of it and how to get the way out. I want to let you know tonight, the mercy of God is here to minister tonight. There is a way out for you, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you've been around church any length of time, you've come to realize that Jesus is not one for casting stones and condemning. But instead, He's constantly walking around. He's, he's always interested in finding people that He can introduce mercy to. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're, you're a holy nation and a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in past times were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And if you're joining us online tonight, you just happen to stumble upon this page. You're, you're a visitor. You don't have any background or or any anything to do with pentecost you don't even really have a background in church you just kind of found yourself here tonight i I don't believe that's by accident either let me tell you something my life was in a dark place at one time and god showed mercy on me my life was full of sin i had done some things to allow hurt and to allow pain to come into my life i was ashamed of the person that i was But then I gave my life to Jesus and mercy stepped into my life and God gave me a second chance. And you know what? I went about my business and I made a mistake again and I made another one, and I made another one. But every single time, mercy was there, and God was there to forgive me. And he showed me that I can be better. He showed me that I could grow, and I could be more than what, what, uh, what I was. And, and that's why sometimes in the church, we get a little bit excited as Pentecost, and we begin to run, and we begin to dance, and, and sing and shout the praises of God, because sometimes we just got to give God praise for the things that he's done. I can't contain it. We act like a fool sometimes. It's not to appease and to, to uh, get other people to look at us, but it's, it's for glory to God and to lift up his name. Because you don't know like I know what God's done for me. And if God has ever done anything for you, this this ought to excite you when you begin to think about the mercy of God. and, And you ought to give Him some praise because God has planted your feet on a solid rock. You were in a mess. You were in a bad spot. But God pulled you out and mercy stepped in and it rewrote your life. The past that you were ashamed of, it does not define who you are once mercy steps in. You've been washed clean. Your sins have been washed away. And God is worthy of our praise tonight because it's only by Him and it's only by His mercy. Hallelujah. I find it fitting, actually, that Pastor Carter got up after I spoke this morning, and he quoted this scripture, and I've got it right here in my notes, that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And you can read it in your Bibles. You want to open up to John chapter 3 and begin to read. Jesus doesn't walk around saying, you're a sinner. I condemn you. You're a sinner. I have no place for you. You're, you're a sinner and you've fallen too short. You, you don't make the cut. You're not good enough. That's not what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus is strutting around and He's looking for someone that He can save. He's looking for someone that He can show His mercy to. He, he's saying to people, who needs to be saved? Who needs to know that I'm not scared of their brokenness tonight? Who needs to know that I'm not afraid of the dirty rags that they're bringing to me? Who needs to know that I can put the pieces back together? And that I can start to make them stronger and build them up bigger than they've ever been before? Young people, you need to hear me tonight. The mercy of God is on display. God is working, and there's no place you can go that's too far away from God that his mercy cannot reach for you, that his mercy cannot grab onto you. There's not a drink on this planet that you can drink enough of that will put you out of the sight of God. There's not a drug that you can partake in. There's not a decision. There's not a lifestyle that's too far gone. There is absolutely nothing you can do that can pull you away from the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, His mercy is there too. Come on, I'm talking about the mercy of God. Gets me excited. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's an old saying that Every carpenter makes mistakes, but a good carpenter knows how to hide those mistakes. We know from reading our Bibles, Jesus was a carpenter. He's, He's the master carpenter. And although Jesus does not make any mistakes, you better believe that he sure knows how to cover yours up tonight. He knows how to take that blood and wash away what was there. Because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And tonight, he's seeking for you. He's seeking for your family. He's seeking for your friends. And he's seeking for your coworkers, the people that you go to school with. Because God wants to show mercy to the lost. God wants us to get a burden for the people of our city. That's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 23 that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. God, You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And God, You anoint my head with oil, and my cup burneth over. And read this one with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, church. Mercy is everywhere. When I fall, it picks me back up. When I stumble, it picks me back up. Mercy will be there all the days of your life because mercy does not take a day off. When you're on the mountaintop, mercy is there. And when you find yourself down in the valley, mercy is there. When, when things are going good, mercy is there. And when things are going bad, mercy is there. When you feel like you have it all together and you're a success, mercy is there. And when you're feeling like a failure, mercy is still there. We can't get away from the mercy of God. The old song by Phillips, Craig, and Dean says, Mercy came running like a prisoner set free, past all my failures to the point of my need when the sin that I carried was all that I could see. And when I couldn't reach mercy, mercy came running to me. And tonight I really feel in my spirit that there's some people I say people, not just young people, that you're battling some demons in your head. And lately you've been questioning, is it even worth it? Is it worth it to get up on a Sunday, one of my days off from work and get dressed, get my kids ready, get out the door? Is it worth to sacrifice that time? I've been putting up an effort. I've been doing the best I can, but nothing seems to be happening. You're feeling like you should give up tonight. And you've tried. You've tried to kind of stumble away. You've tried to just let it all go, let it pass. It would be easier if I just kind of gave up on God. But you can't seem to do it because there's something that's pulling at you. There's something that you just can't seem to get away from. You feel like there's something that's calling out to you and that's, that's reaching for you tonight. And I want to let you know that that is Jesus Christ. And he wants to show you mercy. And if you would just give in to him tonight... If you would let him turn your life around and just allow God to be God in your life, then I promise you that before you lay your head down on the pillow tonight, that God's mercy will intervene on your behalf. God will go to war on your behalf. And when you wake up in the morning, things will be different. we got to allow God to change us. we got to allow God to work. we got to allow him to be God. Because God, even though we mess up and even though we make mistakes, God will never allow our weakest moment to determine how he views us. Because we all stumble. We all fall. And the Bible says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even after mercy gives you another chance and it begins to change you, you still mess up. You still make mistakes because you're human. You're not perfect. And God says those mistakes are not going to define who you are. Because you are my child, and, and I love you. I, I prepared a place for you, and I gave my life for you, and I will have mercy on you for the rest of your life. And there's something I want us to understand about mercy tonight. And that's that mercy, the mercy of God. It's for everybody. And I know what you're thinking. That's, that's not news to us, Brother Neil. We've heard that before. And I want you to hear me out here for the next few moments. I'm not going to be too much longer. We know that mercy is for sinners because they're lost. They need God. But I find, maybe it's just myself, maybe I can't speak for everybody, but I find that after I've been around church for a little period of time, I sometimes forget that the mercy of God is still for me. It's still for you. And the way that sometimes we begin to think is, well, you know, it's all well and good for For those people that are lost because they they need jesus they need god to intervene on their behalf and and turn their life around but me i knew what i was doing was wrong and i did it anyway i knew better and i still did it i i knew that i was doing wrong and i I still did it and and because of that i do not deserve mercy say very quickly that none of us deserve mercy But there's two words that I wanna bring to you here this evening. The first word is conviction. And the second word is condemnation. And they are two very different things. Conviction, it comes from God. It's that voice inside that tells you what you've done is wrong. You need to make it right. You need to bring yourself to a place of repentance and, and cleanse your heart before God because we don't want sin in our lives between us and God. And condemnation is the complete opposite. Condemnation doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. And there was a time in my life, I'm going to try and get a little vulnerable here for a minute, where I'd messed up bad. I made a mistake as a young man. I felt felt condemnation, if I've ever felt it before. I found myself in a place of prayer. I repented. I said, God, I need you to help me through this. God, I need you to help me to push past where I am. God, I, I messed up big. And even though I repented... I felt good. I knew that God had helped me. I woke up the next morning, and I, I still felt that weight resting on top of me. My my relationship with God took a hit. I, I found myself about two months later, young people. This, this took about two, two and a half months. And I got desperate in that moment and said, God, I don't know what it's going to take, but I need this weight lifted off of me. God, I need forgiveness. And I begin to repent again. Lord, please take this from me. God, cleanse my heart take this old filthy rag off of me lord jesus and put a brand new white one on me god please remove my sin cover me with your blood god i'm sorry for what i've done let me tell you if i've ever heard the voice of god before it was right there in that moment and i believe that god spoke to me and he said what are you talking about what sin are you talking about see when remission of sin happens god covers that with his blood and he chooses not to remember it anymore. But even though God had forgiven me of my sin, I couldn't let it go. With, a, with, with repentance, there's, there's a time for us to ask God for forgiveness, young people. But there's also a time where we need to learn to forgive ourselves. And sometimes we, be, we, we hold ourselves bound. We hold our minds bound. We can't get freedom because we're dwelling so much on what we've done. Even though God's forgiven us, Even though God's forgotten about it, we, we can't push past it ourselves. And so we live in a spirit of condemnation and guilt and shame. And church, I would tell you tonight, young people, I would tell you that we would be very foolish to think that the mercy of God can help someone who's a sinner does not go to church, but that it can affect you and I tonight. Because we're his children. We are children of God. God doesn't love us any more than the people out there, but you've been bought with a price. You've been set apart. And tonight, God's mercy is wanting to reach to you. And when God spoke to me in that moment, I felt the mercy of God in my life, and I knew that my mindset needed to change. Jesus had forgiven me. Mercy had already been shown on my life, and I I felt the freedom and the liberty that I hadn't felt in months as God lifted that condemnation off me. God's mercies are, are new every day, and that means when you wake up tomorrow, no matter what you did today, no matter how bad you messed up, you wake up to the dawning of a new day, then you've got a new shot at mercy. You've got a new opportunity to get it right. You've got a new opportunity to step in to the destiny and the purpose of what God wants for you. And I believe that God has purpose and destiny for every single one of us, no matter our age. There's no age limit on working for God. David was a teenager when he killed a giant. We can do anything for God if we just set our minds to it if we make ourselves able if we we serve our pastor and our youth pastor get involved in some way we it doesn't matter what age you are you can teach a bible study it doesn't matter how old you are you can seed into someone's spirit and then watch as god begins to work and begins to grow off something that you did come on tonight god's mercy and god's grace is reaching for a hurting lost and dying world And young people, our commission, I said it at the beginning, is to go out and reach the lost and to raise up disciples. And just as much as that is the commission of Pastor Carter, this wonderful ministry team, every minister throughout our district, that's the commission of every saint of God, every child of God, for us to go out and raise disciples. And I'm coming to a close here the next few moments. We can start some music here. Just God's mercy in God's grace it goes beyond an initial experience at an altar see there's a message in mercy but there's also a ministry in mercy Jesus said to the woman who was caught in the act of adultery to go sin no more that was the message but let's go back to our opening text in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 it says therefore seeing that we have this ministry As we have received mercy, we faint not. Paul, the writer of this book, he's saying now that we have received mercy, we have also received this ministry. And as we read verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Or if our gospel is hid, it is hidden from those who are perishing. And I think that sometimes we, as the people of God, are hesitant to share the gospel. We hide it almost, because we spend so much of our time living underneath a blanket of shame, condemnation, worry, and regret. Church, we need to receive revelation in what this is tonight. Because mercy did not just give you a second chance, Mercy did not just pull you out of where you were at. Mercy gave you a ministry. And mercy gave you a purpose. And there's somebody out there in those streets. There's somebody on your job site. There's somebody in your school that's waiting for you to tell them about Jesus. There's somebody that's waiting for you to turn their life upside down. There's somebody that's waiting for you to realize that you have a purpose. And that purpose is the ministry of mercy. See, mercy chose us. It chose you and I as these fleshly, earthly vessels, because it recognized that only God could receive the glory. We as vessels of of mercy, we have been given this this ministry, and the lives of care replenish the earth. When in Jacob's life, we see deception, but when mercy was added to it, he walked with a limp, but he had the favor of God in his life. Moses' life, we see disobedience, but with, with the help of mercy, he led a nation out of Egypt and out of captivity. In David's life, we see the act of adultery, but but the Bible says that when mercy was put on it, he was a man after God's own heart. In Peter's life, we see a liar, and and we see rebellion, and we see cursing, but when mercy was put on his life, he preached the greatest message to ever be preached in Acts chapter 2, which saw 120 souls filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and saw the church birthed. The lives of Paul, we see a murderer when you put mercy on it we see the greatest missionary to ever was with I'm the people that are lost while there's people that are hurting and I've come to tell you tonight that you've got a purpose and you've got a plan in the kingdom of God every man every woman every boy and girl under the sound of my voice you are chosen by God and God wants to use you and I, I come against every lie right now that the enemy has been telling you screaming at you that you are not good enough that you've messed up too many times that you are too far gone you can't do a work for God because the last time I checked The Bible still says that His mercy endureth forever. You gotta believe that God chose you, God has anointed you, and God wants to use you. In Jesus' name, we can stand in our homes right now. In a third world country, there was a lady and her little boy living in poverty, they didn't have much whatever they had they basically had to steal to survive he found his opportunity to sneak in to steal provide for himself and mom for a while but he was caught in the act and there was an uproar in that city and this this mother didn't even realize her son was gone and and she went to see what was taking place and as she came to find her son down at the feet of this commanding officer and he's pointing a gun at her little boy The mom jumped in place between that commanding officer and her son and said, please, please, please show him mercy. I know what he did was wrong. He shouldn't have stole, but please show mercy upon him. That commanding officer looked at that mother in the eyes and said, he stole from me, he stole from my men. This is what the law commands. He doesn't deserve mercy for what he's done. The mother of that little boy she may not have known exactly what she was saying, but it, it hits home so true to where we are tonight. She looked at the commander in the face, and she said, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be called mercy. You and I tonight, church, we don't deserve the mercies of God. We've got to recognize how fortunate we are to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we can't just hide this away. The gospel cannot be hid from them who are hurting, for them that are dying, from them that are perishing, because there's a world that needs you to step into the promise that God has for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.